Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Imagine that you lose control of 217 gigabytes of your personal data. Videos in which you have sex, videos in which you smoke crack, bleary-eyed selfies. Selfies that document your in-progress dental work, your bank statements, your Venmo transactions, your business emails, your toxic rants at your family members, analysis from your psychiatrist, your porn searches, your social security number, explicit photos of the many women passing through your bedrooms, photos of your kids, of your father, of life and death, despair and boredom. Yes, it is the sordid saga of Hunter Biden's laptop. New York Magazine, the cover story, took me about 50 minutes to read it yesterday. It is worthy, I think, of all of our time and attention. Andrew Rice is the co-author, and he joins me now. Andrew, thanks so much. This is a serious piece of work. Talk to me about the approach. You spoke to a lot of people, right? Yes. um, Well, so starting at about... You know, I think that the, the the process really began in about March of of early of this year. I I have been, of course, familiar with Hunter Biden's laptop and sort of ambiently aware that uh, it was something that uh, had been continued to be in the discussion, especially on the right um, during you know ever since it, it emerged in the in the last stages of the 2020 presidential election but uh, i was reading a, an article in the new york times one day and and in the 24th paragraph there was a, a a mention of the fact that in fact many of the emails and and other materials on the on the laptop had actually been authenticated uh and i thought to myself wow that this thing is actually real um so that the process sort of began there, you know, talking with my editors and saying, you know, we haven't we, most of our readers, I think, kind of wrote this thing off as a piece of Russian propaganda uh, back in 2020 because they were essentially told that by by many different uh, sources, including many former intelligence uh, agent agency leaders who signed an open letter suggesting as much. Uh, and we decided to take another look at it. So I teamed up with a with a colleague of mine, Olivia. Uh, Nizi, who is an excellent Washington political reporter, and we we set out to kind of trace the chain of custody of this object that's become such an uh, a, a piece of object of fascination, especially in, in in conservative circles in America. Is the authenticity of any of the contents, which I was reading from your piece in that paragraph that I just cited, is the authenticity of any of that still in doubt? I think that you know I've I've talked with many people. First of all, I I have a uh, we obtained in the course of this a copy of the alleged hard drive. We're able to look at some of it, um, not in a prurient way, but simply to kind of get a sense of you know what is on here. Um, and you know, as I say, there are some, some cryptographic experts and so on have have authenticated portions of it by by examining cryptographic signatures on emails. And the the same experts say, you know, forensically, the 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 quality of this thing is garbage. It's got passed through so many hands. So many people have had their had their fingers on it. Anything could have been, in theory, inserted into it. So you, so in a court of law, I don't think this thing would 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 stand up for a minute. However, as I say, you know, one of the forensic experts, uh, you know, likened it to a, a crime scene that had burger wrappers strewn around. But, you know, you can still identify the body. 
Um, and in, in a very literal sense, I mean, Hunter Biden's body is all over this this thing. And, and it's clearly him in, in many of these photographs. Well, Andrew, he's he's never denied it. Right. Yes. I mean, the other thing is, is that he he's never confirmed it. His his line has essentially been uh, that he was uh, an addict during this time period in question when the laptop was allegedly lost. And and he he can't really account for his whereabouts and, and his, his his activities during large portions of this time period. He lost a lot of devices, um, as my colleague Olivia and I reported in the in the article, uh, you know, his legal team has developed an alternative theory that actually all this stuff may potentially have come from a different laptop, not the laptop that 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 uh, not the the laptop that he allegedly dropped off at the repair shop in, in Wilmington, Delaware, as the as the as Rudy Giuliani and others claim, but in fact a different laptop that he lost elsewhere. I'm not exactly sure what the meaningful distinction between <laughs> losing your right, laptop but, but, in, mean, in, in, in the hands of a psychiatrist or a repair I mean, shop. I, mean, I, but, uh, I invested I invested my hour with you and I am recommending that people do likewise, especially people who've ignored this story at great lengths. But I came away saying, first of all, it's a damn sad story. I was reinforced in my belief that at its core, it's a story of addiction. It makes me look at Joe as a father really trying to protect his son. There's an exchange that you have very soon, uh, I think, uh, after or maybe right before Joe Biden announces where Hunter says, you know, you running, you're my shot at redemption. And Joe's response, I wish I had those notes in front of me, is to say, just focus on your recovery which underscored to me, you know, and I I think we're all a degree of separation away from, pardon me, those kind of stories. However, at its core, do I believe everything that was on that laptop that you cite is for real? Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. And I I don't think that there's a counter argument out there of anybody who was, you know, in a garage in Macedonia whipping up face uh, fake images of of Hunter Biden. Yeah, I mean, I think I think clearly that the, the the vast majority of the material on there is is real there are questions about certain uh, certain things that have entered into the public domain emails cons- having to do with business relationships that hunter biden had some of which are are uh reportedly under investigation by the justice department there are questions as to whether some of these emails are are real whether some some things have been doctored whether what the interpretation of these emails that that suggests that perhaps uh joe biden might have had a, a certain business certain percentage business interest in in the big a, a venture that may or may not have happened uh, or didn't actually end up happening you know wh- whether the whether these big these emails actually mean what they appear to mean um i so there are, there are some questions about the the most kind of uh damning parts of the of the drive whether the whether they mean what the what the uh proponents of the drive allege that it does that it does but i don't think there's really much question that the vast majority of this material much of which is as i say as we say in the piece is a is of an incredibly mundane nature um you know documenting just the daily life and daily existence of 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 an, a very troubled individual and you know prominent political family i i don't think there's any question that that 
the vast majority of that material is real. And the question is, is like, what do you do with that? Should we do anything with it? Should we look at it? Should we, should we examine it? Is it right for us to know these things? These are questions that are really big questions and, and questions that go way beyond Hunter Biden. They go to, you know, questions about journalism in this modern age in which everything about a person is knowable. They go to like how our political, how political warfare is practiced, this information warfare uh, and the politics of personal destruction, um, that have become so, so uh, prevalent, you know, is it is it is it OK to use this information as a weapon against your political well, enemies? Well, I, I mean, there's there's a part of your piece where, again, if it weren't so long, I'd have an easier time thumbing through it and finding what I'm talking about. But I remember this well. You report that just days before Bo Biden passed, Bo Biden, there's a photograph taken of him in which he looks terrified and it's contained in the laptop. That was a stomach punch. The idea that someone is getting that kind of insight into the Biden family makes me sick. However, when we're talking about Burisma or we're talking about some of the allegations as to whether Joe was involved in Hunter's business, it seems to me that that material was fair game for public discussion and inspection close in time to the presidential race. But, you know, as you point out, the algorithms at Facebook were written in a way to dwarf the story uh, and uh, Twitter wouldn't even allow it to be circulated. Like somewhere in the middle of that lies the way it should have been handled. Well, I mean, I think part of it has to do with, you know, the, the, a lot of what my story documents are our story documents in a, in, in, in a very, uh, uh, as you say, uh, exhaustive way is the chain of custody of this of this object. I think we should just for your for your readers who haven't or your listeners who haven't followed it very closely, just say, you know, the 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 the, the official story and the most probable story is that Hunter Biden dropped this thing off at a repair shop. And after a long period of time, the 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 repairman who was a Trump supporter uh, managed to get the laptop that he had examined the contents of uh into the into the hands of Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon and i think that a lot of what happened with this is that you know had it been had it been passed into the hands of a of a journalism organization uh that it was used to kind of sifting through material and det- making determinations about what's relevant and what's not uh, quite quite possibly, the story would have ended up much much differently. But because it ended up in the hands of of, of Steve Bannon and Rudy Giuliani, who wanted to use it as a kind of political weapon to to benefit the Trump campaign, it was it everything was uh, both uh, you know sort of cold and selected for maximum amount of of political embarrassment, um, and 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 was also also cast into doubt in the mainstream media uh, because of the providence of it. And it took a really long time to overcome that for people to kind of, to, to get come to the conclusion, wait, this thing, you know, that Rudy Giuliani turned up actually is real. And what do we do with it? You know, what do we do with the information? How do we decide what's relevant and what's not? The, the problem is that, of course, in the meantime, the many tabloids and other kinds of news organizations with uh, either with a political bent or just you know, out of pure salacious interest, have splayed all this stuff out on the internet, including the most, you know, uh, images of Hunter Biden that I think, you know, you can say are only 
I, uh, the only only reason you really want to look at them is is because you want to take pleasure in the in the in the uh, purported depravity of your political enemies, Andrew, children. Which Andrew, I I think what you've said is totally fair and accurate because it came from Rudy and from Bannon. Uh, people didn't at least accept that a broken clock is correct twice a day. Instead, they just suited up in their usual partisan armor and either bought into it lockstep or said, including those. 50 or so intel experts who said, well, surely it's bogus. I think something that needs to be pointed out is, and you report this, John Paul Mac Isaac, the owner of the repair store, who, by the way, seems like he's from Central Casting. He, <laughs> he, he, you know, initially he wanted the FBI to have this. He contacted the FBI. It's, it's not as if Giuliani was his first stop. Is that fair? He, he made an, a, a long, he, so, Say what you will about McIsaac, and and clearly, I think most of us would be horrified at the thought that if you drop a device off at a repair shop and fail to pick it up, that the repairman would go through it and try to find information <laughs> about your about your family for the, of of a of a political interest uh, from a political point of view. But nonetheless, say what you will about McIsaac, he did try to get this thing into the hands of law enforcement. He believed that there was relevant information re- information relevant to the Burisma investigation and relevant to the then ongoing impeachment uh, proceedings. The FBI came and got it. There is a there is a subpoena. It looks very real. Um, that was given to to uh, to McIsaac, and it lists a serial number. This thing was real. It was taken away by the FBI uh, for reason. What reason we do not know. Um, and then it was only after that that he decided, well, I'm going to I'm going to try to get this into the public domain. So he tried a number of different members of Congress, didn't get any response from them. And ultimately, Rudy was sort of his fail safe option. Uh, and, and it was only after many months of trying to get the attention of other people that that he ended up uh, giving it to uh, a lawyer for Rudy Giuliani. Right. And, in other words, it goes to the history. lawyer Costello, then from Costello to Giuliani, then from Giuliani to Bannon, then from Bannon to The New York Post. That's right. And the, and and also from Bannon to the New York Post, but also from Bannon, it gets distributed to a lot of different other actors who um you know, who take it in who take it in directions that I think it's fair to say are 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 less uh journalistically responsible even than than what the post did. The post mostly focused on at least its initial coverage mostly focused on the uh the business relationships and the I think the valid journalistic inquiries into into whether Hunter Biden uh had you know peddled influence in Ukraine and so on. Um Bannon also gave it to say for instance uh, uh, a Chinese language uh website that uh that that published a lot of pornographic videos of of Hunter Biden um there was a, he gave it to a, a, an associate who has sort of become what what i describe as a, a, the Johnny Appleseed of the of the laptop he's sort of given out copies to to everybody all over the place uh and has made some wild claims wildly unsubstantiated claims about um about additional material that he, that he purportedly has managed to unearth from it um through means that uh the original mac repairman even says don't make any sense which is why by the way andrew correct me if i'm wrong you say quote it's not a laptop what do you mean by that well it's divorced from its physical object right so originally came it was originally stored as a hard drive uh, you know so basically 
if you accept that this thing is real, it appears that basically Hunter Biden backed up all sorts of stuff to this physical device. Um, and then he lost it. But that physical device is, you know, it, it, it passed in the hands of the FBI and we don't really know what ended where it ended up um, and what it's being used for by law enforcement. But what we do know is that the, the copy of the data has been uh, passed around and and put on a you know, put on these little external drives that you have been copied and copied and copied and copied and, you know, have been spread around to all sorts of different places. Um, and it's really just a, a bundle of ones and zeros, a bundle of digital data at this point um, that that is divorced from the actual object itself, uh, much of which is, you know, now now a lot of it has ended up, uh, you know, former Trump administration official has created a searchable website where you can search all of his emails there. Many of the photos have appeared on various different, you know, uh, web platforms and so on. And so. Um, th this stuff is just all kind of out there everywhere on the internet, ambiently let me, everywhere. Let me read from your piece, and then I want to ask you a final question. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Let me read from your piece, and then I want to ask you a final question. The three laptops Mac Isaac recalls were all liquid damaged. One was dead. One was easily revived. The third, a 13-inch Mac, MacBook Pro, had a sticky, ruined keyboard, but Mac Isaac thought he could still salvage its data. The job would cost $85 and take a few days. A few days later, the blurry customer returned, this time to drop off a portable hard drive to hold the contents of his laptop. The customer didn't come back and never paid the $85. Here's a little warning for everybody. The fine print of the original signed repair order says the equipment left in the shop longer than 90 days becomes its property. What is it that Andrew Rice, having invested enormous time in Hunter's laptop and the provenance and figuring out all the nuances, what do you most want to know? I mean, what I would most want to know if if I could if I could get it and if I could uh, publish it would be how this event has affected the individual whose exposure uh you know has um you know been been so total like you know it's someone who's experienced this complete annihilation of privacy i mean hunter biden has not spoken publicly about this other than in a, a couple of interviews where in which he says well maybe it's real maybe it's not i can't say um but it I do wonder, you know, if this individual is sort of like the patient zero of our of a, of a new kind of uh, epidemic of, of 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 privacy violations or privacy uh, exposures that um, that that you know th that are going to become, I think, pretty clearly a much more common occurrence in our politics. You know, what does that do to an individual to feel so exposed to have? Um, have your life laid out down to the dying breaths of your brother, as I say, you know, your political enemies pouring over all of this to to find things to hurt you. What does that do to a person? What okay, does that well, say? I, I, I That's hear the you. thing I want to know. All right. Maybe from Hunter's perspective, portrayed as a victim, I'd want to know that. But I want to I want to address the earlier issue that you raised, which is 
how do we protect against a scenario where because information comes from such partisan forces, it's discounted? It's either accepted or it's discounted instead of there being a very rational and critical thinking search for the truth. Like, how do we make sure that the next time there's something like this, that it gets a fair airing, at least those aspects where it should, instead of just being totally written off and the public uh, being none the wiser for it? I mean, I'm really troubled by that. I'm really troubled by the way in which this thing was just totally shut down. And I said so at the time. You get the final word. Go ahead. Well, I think that, you know, unfortunately, I, the, the final word is there's no good solution to the problem because ultimately, you know, the very kind of steps that you're describing where Twitter and Facebook, you know, suppressed the, the, the news, of the laptop, those were steps that were taken in order to address the very problem that you're describing, the problem of what do you do about information that you can't verify the accuracy of, especially when it's information that's injected into the public discourse on the eve of a of a presidential election. You know, what do you do about lies and disinformation and 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 fake you know, we're now in an era in which you can make a fake video of somebody that that seems plausibly real. Like what do you do in, in that in that in that situation? Well, Twitter and Facebook and the the mainstream media, they decided that what you do is you is you suppress mention of it, you ignore it to the degree that you can, and you basically throw up your hands and say, we don't know if it's real, but we're not going to talk about it until we know that it's real. The problem is, is that when you when you take that approach, you create the unintended consequences. You create this vacuum in which only the bad actors are talking about are talking about the the, the object. Only the bad actors are are looking at the story, and the story takes on a life of its own because people still want to know what the truth is, just like you just like you say. So there's not a good solution. I think the only good solution is for journalists like myself and Olivia to like take looks at things and and look at things with fresh eyes and like not be afraid to go back two years later and say hey do we do we screw up with this do we do we write this thing off prematurely and what is the truth here and what what is real andrew thank you so much for the time you invested in the piece and for for coming by to talk about it i really appreciate it that, thank you so much michael I that's andrew it. rice the piece is linked at smirconish.com this is the smirconish podcast from sirius xm Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. What did you think, TC? Well, you answered the question of, is it a laptop? I thought that was really interesting. It was a laptop. It was. It was three laptops. But now it's been passed around and it's on these little hard drives. And that was fascinating to me. Look, we talked about Elon Musk and the pictures. And we just had this conversation where I said to you, oh, did Musk use... The original, or was Musk using the one with the imprinted? Yeah, it's the same ten, thing. Ten times the from whisper now, down the li- ten times from now, can yeah. you even see that it, there's so, an imprint so in there? So whatever you might today be right. seeing online, represented as Hunter's laptop, by now someone there's some tomfoolery may have kicked in, and somebody added a couple of emails, and yet. I mean, the, what we have, I think, is enough. Right? Yeah. At its core, right. you know, it, it seems like it, it is what it is. It is what it was re- represented to be. What? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I thought it was interesting. You asked him what he most wanted. And I, I think what he was saying is I want to know how Hunter feels. And I wonder if someone with that much 
to hide and that many secrets and that sick because I do think that that he is a you know that's an illness. Um, it's a story it, about addiction. Is it at its core? Is it freeing in some regards? Because all of a sudden, what do you have to the hide? The worst is out there. Yeah. The what are you absolute like? What else you got? Worst is right. out there. It can only go right. up. That's rock bottom, right? You're so right. You can we walk down the streets in Malibu with your head held high. What do you want to see? Nobody else I got is my clothes say, on, right? I mean, I'm here. Nobody's going to say anything else. That's so. It's so true. That's what he wants to know. What I want to know is how do we protect against the next time half, not even half, three quarters of the media totally ignoring a story so that all along. when Americans are about to go vote. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.